Well, a very hello, niceness and everything to all and each and everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester. I'm Belinda Scandal and I'm flying solo. Nevertheless, we've still got a fantastic show for you. Yes, it's our podcast, The Best Bits. Well, as we open up the clubs and the pubs, it's time to have a little boogie secretly and we met one dj who's rising up the ranks of world-class djs his name was brandon forbid my parents they both really they love music they like old 80s and 90s r&b all the old dance records so i kind of grew up around music every single day so you've got to kind of be around it but i mean if you've got a passion for it go for it if you've got a good ear good taste you can develop good taste go for it the world needs more music the world needs more art where is the accent from please <laughs> if I get asked this question one more time, I'm going to see some definition of character. Uh, I'm, from, I'm originally from Leeds, but I'm currently in the pub. A lot of families here. Have you have you disappeared there? <laughs> Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just didn't expect to see myself there at that point. That's all. <laughs> there we go. So you're from Hull. Yes, I'm from Leeds. Well, I'm from Leeds. But I'm living in Hull right now. And you're still not living. You're not still living in Hollow, are you? You're part of Manchester, born and bred now, aren't you? No, I'm from Leeds. Leeds. Yeah, I'm from How Leeds. fantastically wonderful! Yeah, Tell right. us about your latest track, then. Latest track, the one uh, I just had the feelings. It originally started out as, do you know the song "Hallucinate" by Julie? Oh yes, I do. It started off as like a little fun remix of that, and then I was like, actually, no, this is kind of fun. I want to turn it into an original, so I got it into original. I thought, I want to release it independently, and here we are. I've got the song for you. Oh, look at you. <laughs> a little plaque. I'm just doing a little Where are you going to be putting that plaque, then? Is that going on? Where's it going to go? God knows. Me and my housemate just fucked it all over. I mean, I could put it, like, right here and just keep it for, like, any other interviews you want to do, but I'd have to get some, I'd have to get some like, tack. Yeah, a bit of tack, love. A bit of tack. You'll be grand with it. Won't you? Hey, I tell you. So um, you've got another track coming out, though, haven't you? This this already being talked about, like in massive international circles. Yes. So this one is pretty much like my best work so far. It's called Diamond Heart, and that's coming out in October, like the first few weeks of October. That's with a lovely vocalist called Samuel Pack. We wrote the song together, and it's the first time I've kind of really been able to put my emotions into a dance record because I think a lot of the time, you know, dance is just about going for it and just having a great time, but this this one was different for me. So I'm really excited to put it out and show people. Now, what's the difference between DJ and say in the UK and the Netherlands and Belgium? Because you've worked over there as well, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the first time I did the Netherlands was really fun. That was with my friends. That was in this little club. It was, it was just purple lights on the scene and that's, that's it. It was just dark and dingy. That was really sweaty, and those are the kind of best, like, intimate gigs where I'm sweating and going for it. Kind of like Eagle in Manchester. Uh, oh, nice and classy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Funny story about Belgium was the first time I DJed and I had pyrotechnics, so there was fire, and I didn't know they were working. So as I was DJing, I'm like, you know, going for it, and then this flame comes right up next to me. I swear, if you see, like, my eyebrow here, I swear it still hasn't grown back. <laughs> Yeah. Bit of a nightmare. Technical things like that must happen to you, though, hey? Yeah, you've got to deal with it. You roll with it. It's just part of the. It's just part of the fun. It's all just part of the fun. And what's the worst incident that's ever happened to you while you've been DJing? Then, um, do you know honestly, the worst thing that can happen to a DJ is 
really sh- really bad requests. Really bad requests. It's a club that I do in Hull called Fuel, and I do Wednesdays there, and it's kind of pop, dance, stuff like that. And this one person came and was like, do you have any Slipknot? And I was like, Slipknot? Slipknot. Like, read the room. Crikey. Crikey. Slipknot! I can't even think of any music by them. I can't even think of anything. There's one song that I'm partial to, but I was just kind of like, I've got California girls on right now, you know, it's not going to go well. So how would you describe the genre of your music then? Genre of my music, uh, probably best to say electronic, but I'd say more so house and dance music. That's kind of where my mind is. But I'm, I mean, that means that I'm trying to sound interesting there, but I actually know nothing more than the 80s and the 70s, as I'm sure you've seen from my DJing. Uh, Evelyn Champagne King, they're my favourites, absolutely. When you're releasing a track, Brandon, how do you go about deciding on what you're going to do with that track? How, you, how do you go about deciding what you're bringing out for the best of it? Yeah, you've got to kind of... I think when I was first starting out as a producer, I would make a song and be like, I need to put this out. But sometimes it's better to get maybe five or six tracks or just a body of work and go, which of which of these songs is the best? Do you know what I mean? And then saying, is this going to work commercially? Because And then you've got to kind of think, the kind of music you want to put out, is that what you want people to know you for? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So in a few years' time, I remember the, the DJs of Wigan Pier, and they were like celebrity heroes. Is this the type of fame that you'd like to get to? Um, to be honest, fame-wise, uh, obviously I'd love some money right now. I'm, not, I'm out of work, so Corona's ruined my life, so I'd need some money. But I'm just kind of enjoying at the moment, really just focusing on improving myself musically and building like a name for myself. And it seems to be working so far. I'm just really enjoying the stuff that I'm doing right now. But I'm just kind of focusing on that instead of going, okay, let's go focus on the fame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, the voices that appear in some of these tracks, I love the vocals in some of these tracks. Are any of them particularly well known to, to us? Um, so the one in Feelings is a song by Black Box. It's an old Black Box song called Strike It Up. And I was watching the old TV program, you know, the TV program Pose. I was watching that and it came on in the background and I was like, that's a, that's a banging song. I love that. So I looked it up and I found the vocal and I got an acapella of it. And then when I was making feelings, um, obviously because it started off as a Dua Lipa remix, I was flicking through my acapellas folder, dragged it in and I was like, oh, this works. This works perfectly. And your, your new single is going to be out on the 9th of October, isn't it? And uh, what do we expect to hear on there then? That one is quite emotional. Kind of think it's a, <laughs> the way that I describe it is a song that you can dance to while you're crying in the club. Right. Oh, and you're not giving much more away than that, are you not? <laughs> I kind of want to keep it secret, but it's, I mean, I'm not that big. It's, it's going to be fun. I think everyone's going to love it. Everyone that I've shown so far has like been blown away. So I'm very where excited. Will that be, where will that be available? It's going to be available everywhere, so that'll be Apple Music, iTunes, the vinyl shops down the road. It's going to be absolutely everywhere. So you really have made it then, haven't you? You've done really, really well. Where did you start? I started making music on my old broken laptop in my dad's house. And because my, my parents were very supportive of the music, so they got me some... They converted the spare room into a studio for me. They got me some speakers. They were like, okay, going for it. And then now I'm living... I'm living independently. I took it all with me. Well, so you, you must have lots and lots of equipment then. 
Um, yeah, I, used to have, I used to have so much equipment, but then I found creatively, I kind of had option paralysis. So I had this, 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 and I was like, right, what do I do? But I find sometimes creatively, I work better when I have less. So what do you start with there? I'm trying to get to how you build these massive tracks that hit the, the clubs out. Do you start with a, a beat? Look at me looking trendy. Or do you start with a vocal or an instrumental of something? How, what's the, what's the, the, um, what's the word? How does it begin? How does it begin? started on a track. Um, it, can, it can honestly depend on every track. So some tracks I've started with a beat. Some tracks I've heard sound and I've like thought I can build an entire song around that. Sometimes I make sample, like make songs and it sits in my hard drive for about three months because it just doesn't go anywhere. But it all depends. Some, most of the time I will sit down and write a beat and write a melody and then see where I can go from there. Yeah, and as an artist, how do you decide when it is ready to be heard by other people? Uh, tricky question. I've kind of tried to disconnect myself from overanalyzing my music because I used to get in a headspace of like, is this good enough for people to hear? Is it finished and spending? time on it so now i've kind of conditioned myself to once i've started a song make sure i finish it because i think a lot of producers and artists will relate to having a lot of unfinished work it's it's, it's fantastic how have you been coping while you whilst the lockdown was on terribly <laughs> the um the first few months were rough but i think for everyone and then like i said with my, when i was talking to my friends earlier they really pulled me out of it i've really kind of turned a leaf i'm kind of settled into it now i think it's just kind of like the way of life, I suppose. Yeah. So you're back working now then, are you? Oh, I'm still not working. Still not working. No, I suppose that's the beauty of music though, isn't it? You yeah. don't have to be seen to be appreciated for the, the music that you've got, do you? Absolutely. That's the, that's the beauty of like, the internet, social media. I can create a presence without, with, I can create a presence sat on my, like, my living room sofa, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You been doing any live streams or anything? Yeah, I did a few for the Club Tunnel, rest in peace, in Leeds. We did a few for those and they went, they were really, really fun. But by the end of it, it's quite, it was quite nerve wracking because that was the first time I'd done a live DJ set and I was on camera for three hours and by the end of it, my cheeks were bright red, forehead was covered in sweat. But then what they see is like this. Yeah. What I it's amazing. So your new single's out on the 9th of October, and that one's called, what's it called? Diamond Heart. Oh, lovely. We look forward to hearing that. You're, you're a very wonderful DJ. Is uh, The performance is there in everything that you do, which is fantastic to see. Um, Brandon Forbid, thank you very much. Mr. Brandon Forbid, everybody, thank you. Well, are you all looking after your mental health and well-being? If you're not, and you want a little bit of advice and help, then we spoke to Emma, all the way from a fabulous organisation called ECBC. So um, I have anxiety and depression myself, and so I thought I'll just create something to just help other people like me and talk about my story. Um, so it's like it's a volunteer-led like organisation, and it just kind of sparked from nowhere. I mean, I had a few glasses of wine, and I was just in inspired, and it started like as a Facebook group, and then like a meetup group, and now it's just an online blog and like resource website. I don't know; it's just literally just happened overnight. Because it's got a life all of its own now. This it really yeah. is. So many people, when we were talking about mental health and places that you know they felt that they were comfortable talking about their their mental health and their loneliness and all this, and your name came up so many times, and that's why we wanted to get you on the show. Oh, that's 
good to hear. Yeah, well, we we, we try and do what we can, really. Um, all three of us work full-time on, on the side of it, so um, we, we're not able to put all our time and energy into it. But we just we just really wanted to do something to help others who are feeling, feeling low, uh, living with a mental illness, um, and bringing up the spirit of community in Manchester. I mean, there's such a community spirit here. Um, and just really just running with it and spreading awareness about just talking and sharing how you're feeling. As you said, like, especially at this moment, like, it's just, it's been so hard for a lot of people feeling very isolated and lonely. And it's just using who we can to, you know, be, be a, a community together and get through it. So a lot of people at home now will be thinking, I am feeling very, very low. Now, you as an organisation, what would you just suggest to them to, to help them out of what I would class as a little, as a rut or an anxiety or a depression? Uh, the main thing is I'd always seek professional help where you can. Um, talk to your GP. We've got uh, resources on our website that helps you kind of a guide on how to talk to your GP because it's not easy starting that conversation especially because you feel like everyone's going to say, no, you're fine, I don't know what's wrong with you, and just kind of be brushed off. But uh, talk to your GP, ask for help. Uh, you can talk to professionals, counselling. I think that's always a good place to start. But as well, talk to people around you, um, especially that website like ours. There's other blogs out there that might actually be going through something similar and just hearing and seeing someone else going through similar things just makes you feel so less alone. So reach out where you can. I know it's easier said than done, but really reach out. But a lot of people feel that they don't want to go to the doctor because the doctor is just going to prescribe them medication. And we hear so many bad things about the medication. Would you suggest talking to someone's better necessarily than, than going on medication? Um, I think it's always said that that's the last resort, I think, because they, there are so many side effects and no one wants to go on medication as a first thing. Um, I'd say talking therapies uh, help when, like mental and well, uh, well-being, like workshops. Uh, there's great other charities like Mind uh, that do workshops first that kind of promote more like talking therapies and self-therapies, the CBT therapy. Uh, there's so many different types of therapies out there to try first. Uh, I mean, I'm on antidepressants myself, uh, but that was kind of, a, I tried other things first and I thought, right, well, this is what I'm just going to have to do to get back on track. And it helped me kind of get back to feeling more like myself again. Uh, but every doctor I've spoken to, the last thing they want to do first is just prescribe medication and be like, there's a tick box, done, off you go. Uh, but I know there is that stigma attached and there is people that are worried that they're just going to be like, well, here's some happy pills and move on. Um, but for me, my experience has been that the opposite of that. I kind of first was advised to have counselling and talking therapies. And then along the way, it was suggested possibly to look at this at a later date. So, yeah, I think there is that feeling a lot of people are worried that it's just going to be like, well, here you go. Um, and just kind of push to one side. But. I think it's getting better and better within the medical. I think from my point of view, again, I could be there's other people with different experiences, um, yeah. but I would say try not to let that put you off because every single doctor is different. And it's affecting one in four people, it now says, statistically, one in four people will suffer with um, mental health issues. I mean, it's a shocking figure, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. Like it just, I think it's shocking because so 
like it's taken so long for us to feel okay about talking about it. I mean, there's still people will see kind of you feeling low as a weakness and it's not a weakness. It's just, you you know, you're human. Everyone has the good days and the bad days and it's a mental illness. If you've got a mental illness, it is an illness. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think more because we're talking more about it, which is great. We're discovering that a lot more people have mental illnesses and they're able to live with a mental illness. But a lot of people, it's still seen as kind of a shame attached to it. Like if, if you've got a mental illness, it's something to be ashamed rather than, you know, it's yeah. just, it's natural sometimes, you know, it's, it, it's something, we're so complex as human beings. What about self-esteem? Because obviously, as much as people are suffering with depression and anxiety, I would probably suggest that one of the, the most heavy hitters of the mental health issues at the moment will be self-esteem issues for people. How can people deal with them situations? Definitely. Self-esteem is linked to quite a lot of mental illness um, and self-love. I mean, at the moment, we're doing a campaign about uh, self-love September because we are often our worst enemies. And we are often telling ourselves that we're not good enough or that we've done something wrong. Um, and we're just, we can be so horrible to ourselves. And with that can be the low self-esteem telling yourself that you're not good enough or you don't look right. Or it is, it is ourselves that are telling ourselves that rather than the outside world. So it is hard. That's the hardest bit I think I've found through my own uh, therapy is that self-hatred and trying to fight that inner voice. But through talking therapy and CBT, it is helpful because it can change your way of thinking about it it doesn't send the bad thoughts away I still get them but it's a way of kind of acknowledging them okay I'm feeling like this or okay my brain's telling me this I'm just going to push that thought to the side and say no actually I'm doing the best I can in this situation at the moment I am enough and you know it's it's just it's just finding a way for you to live with that because it's just it's not going to go away but it's learning to live with it and I suppose uh, a lot of people will want to talk and want to watch your, your blogs and the stuff that you're doing. Where can people find you? So we're, uh, our website's uh, www.ecbcmanchester.com. Uh, we're all over social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, ECBC Manchester. It's amazing. Uh, you must feel so rewarded for the work that you do. Yeah, I think, it, well, to be honest, a little bit, but also I feel it makes me feel better as well if I'm getting those thoughts out there. And it, it's, a, it's a way of therapy for me as well to talk about my experience. But yes, it is definitely, it's, it's so rewarding when we get messages through to say that we've helped people. Thank you so much for your time today. Like I say, it is a fantastic thing that you do for people. Just being there as, as a point of call for them, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. It's just having someone to make them feel not alone. Like, it's just someone there. Uh, even if we're just behind a screen, it's just someone to talk to and someone who might be having the exact same experience than you. Well, I did promise you a fantastic show. And don't forget, we've got loads more for you next week. So a big thank you to all our guests and make sure you tune in next week for another fantastic episode here on your podcast of Your Manchester.